I'm thinking something like. Hey y'all, it's Amber and Melanie, and today we got the privilege of hearing Amber talk about her story. Um, I feel very honored um, that you really shared uh, some deep parts of yourself. Um, so thank you for doing that. But how did how did that feel talking and sharing some of that? It felt really cool um, because I talk about it in the podcast, but I was nervous. And I was like, what? I don't have any, do I have anything to share? Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to listen back to this and feel again like, wow, you're cool. (laughs) I'm just excited to listen to myself and be like, I love you so much. Oh, yeah. Mm. So you guys tune in and listen to Amber talk about how to love yourself really good. Mm. (laughs) Thank you for doing that. My pleasure. Enjoy. Enjoy. Yeah. I want to tell you that I want to be your friend. You're taking your friends to an island. You want to cook for them. I just want to <laughs> let you know that I'm available. We're friends, girl. Okay. Be your friend. Have you seen the fruits of the island? <laughs> <laughs> I'll cook for you. Okay. I'll have you over and cook for you. you no, totally you're a go. great friend. You can go on our trip. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> no. I would love that. I'm serious. No. That's very nice. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Okay, Miss Amber. Oh, Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about you. <laughs> Let's let the, the wonderful people know who you are. Oh, yeah. Those that don't know or want to know more. I mean, that's always like a, I, you know, where I don't, what do you, what do you want to know? You know? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, the podcast is about our trauma mm-hmm. and using laughter. Mm-hmm. This is your, let's start with, this was your birth child. This is you creating this. What? Tell us why you wanted to do this. Yeah, I think I've mentioned it before, but I, in the past couple of years, have just gotten really interested in self-love and Mm -hmm. care and getting to know myself more and fall more in love with myself. And I really love it, and I want that for other people. And I do comedy every single day, all the time. I'm always doing comedy and around comedians and they are you know there are some people who are with it and and into the self-love game and stuff but there's a lot of people who are more into the self-hate game and think that's how you think that's how a comedian should be so it's just like oh it'd be really cool if we got these people in to a space of like welcoming whatever they're feeling and mm-hmm. saying and it's been really nice. I've um, the people we've had on have been open, and I feel like I'm surrounding myself more so in my daily life with just people who are open and uh, headed in the same kind of direction that mm-hmm. I am. So it's nice. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what made the self the self love? What made that feel important to you at this point in life in your career? Like what? If you want to share whatever personal like led you there to saying this is something really important like how'd you know that was important for you now yeah it was important because I reached a point where I was like if I keep treating myself how I'm treating myself emotionally then I will not be able to do comedy long term Mm -hmm. and I love it so much so I was like I gotta 
do something about this. So that's when I went to a therapist for exposure therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've been performing my entire life, like literally out of the womb. I used to charge my family a quarter to watch shows <laughs> in their living room that I didn't pay rent I love for. It. Like, you know, like <laughs> I, I've always been, I've always loved performing. Um, but like during college and uh, a little before that, I grew up with a single mom, and so she was like my manager, my stylist, my makeup artist, literally everything, my mm-hmm. chauffeur, all of this. She was the momager. Yes, exactly. Yes, Man- manager, momager. Yeah, yeah, one of those. <laughs> yeah, and she, I put a lot of my anxieties on her, and she handled it the best she could. She did a, a great job, but also, in a way, uh, gave into like helped me create a pattern it wasn't on her but i was like this works for me i get anxious you reassure me and we do that forever (laughs) you know that's how we all we all create the patterns by family dynamics your mom's the first person you have a relationship with yeah that's how you learned it exactly yeah Yeah. so speaking of the patterns what if you want to share what patterns like were did you notice you wanted to change that was going on that wasn't helpful i would not now i know i was not meeting my expectations in a show um or performance or whatever in an event then i just thought that i was failing and doing really poorly Mm -hmm. and but what was happening is i was having very high expectations whether it was comparing it to a former uh, like a previous performance or Mm -hmm. just something in my head that i thought should have happened yeah and (laughs) I needed someone close to me that I trusted to tell me, like, you're going to be okay. Uh, you're actually really good. You're funny. You're it, down to, like, tiny little things. If they if I, if I they told me enough that I was funny, like, a million times, mm-hmm. then I'd be like, but was my hair, like, bumpy? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. she'd have to tell me a million times my hair wasn't bumpy. And mm-hmm. it'd get down to, like, tiny little, like, were my teeth okay? Mm-hmm. It was just, like, nitpicky little things. Yeah. Until I was so exhausted that we were both so exhausted that I would fall asleep or that she would be like, be quiet. (laughs) You know, like she was like, Amber, don't ask me anything else. (laughs) You know, I don't want to say how did that feel, but (laughs) I can imagine. (laughs) Well, (laughs) like that, that little you Mm -hmm. like needing their assurance and then just. I, I totally am resonating with mom and knowing like that feels like a lot. It felt like a lot for you too, but I can imagine what that felt like for you of like, I can't like, yeah, help you here. You know? Yeah, dude. It almost like, this is surprising me right now, but it almost makes me want to cry right now because since doing the exposure therapy, I've been really like, Oh man, I did so great. Like I, I, <laughs> I fixed it or whatever, or I addressed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, uh, I never really thought about how painful it was for me. I was just like, I'm not annoying anymore, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, I'm feeling it in my hands right now. Like I used to just clench my hands really hard. Yeah. It's really hard to, it's like a drug. You're like, this is the only thing that's going to make me feel better and I can't get it and I just want to like burst out of my skin because I'm like, I need it. Yeah. You know? I heard someone say the other day, we're not born 
learning or knowing how to judge. We, we learn it ourselves and other people. It sounds like you're really judging self. Where do you think you learned that? What, what, what do you mean I'm judging self? Like that harsh critic, like you're the constant, what you need, you're trying to reassure oh. that inner critic by out here because you're, you're criticizing self inside. And so you're, the constant asking was this okay was this okay mm-hmm. and you get this like this performance thing or achievement of i even did good at not being annoying <laughs> <laughs> you're that and there's a, a critic saying you're annoying yeah right or even having needs is annoying there's a problem Ooh. or a burden for other people but there's we pick that up we're not born learning how to judge ourselves or, or judge other people yeah that's so real a baby doesn't be like oh, i cried a lot today they just cry that's that's your first coping skill of getting needs met is crying you can't talk so crying is the way you're like i'm hungry it's how you communicate your needs is crying and so many people shame themselves for crying mm. yeah 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 mm-hmm I guess I, I definitely hear what you're saying and I love that, mm-hmm. but I don't know the balance between, because, oh, this hurts me to say, but I was to an extent annoying. To who? Your your mom. What? Yeah. That's such a subjective thing. I mean, she never <laughs> said me. I was annoying, you know? How did you perceive? Everything's perception. Yeah. What made you perceive that you were annoying? If she didn't say it. I could feel, and you know, I did this with my boyfriend, Alex, too. And Mm -hmm. so these are more recent memories with him because, Mm -hmm. you know, they're more recent. Um, I guess their anticipation Mm -hmm. of like, or their look when I, like after a show, and I didn't want to say it, but I would start like doing my hands like this and it would get quiet and I'd be like, do you think, like it always started with like, Mm -hmm do you think, or I'd try to like get around it and they'd be like, yeah. Well, I think it's that compassion fatigue that can happen. Mm. It's like, if that was something that happened all the time, it, they, it's that codependency, like, yeah, you know? And mm-hmm. so it's hard to continue to have empathy over extended amounts of these situations that keep happening and keep happening totally to where it's, I've, I mean, I can't speak for them, but I think when we get tired and to where we can't tap into the empathy part mm-hmm. is that they're, we, they know they're like offering, they're trying to fix something is it's that subtlety of when you was, I, that's, I mean, that's kind of how that works. It's like, I'm not okay. And I don't know how to, what to do with it. So I, I need help. And so we'll ask for that in different ways. Yeah. And when they can help you be okay, you feel okay. And th- so that's the circle part. And so the, it's it's difficult to maintain empathy or compassion in a dynamic like that. But you you learn to say, well, this is me and my problem. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yes. it makes me annoying. Uh, you just didn't know how to to do it differently. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, that's very true. Because now I'm I'm so much better. My brain, my thoughts can be like, oh, I'm doing that thing, and I can like feel the feelings. On the flip side, though, now I get super aware of like 
if I'm asking Alex about advice on a hat color or mm -hmm. a da 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 da, I'm like, oh, am I doing the thing? Can I not make my own decisions? And so I thought, I'm like, what's the, like, am I doing it again? <laughs> I don't know the balance between like trusting myself and I don't know. That's, so I think I have OCD. <laughs> <laughs> well, ask for feedback, but make your decision first. Oh, what do you mean? What color hat? Which one? Decide for yourself before you ask Alex. Say, do I like this one or this one? Mm. I like this one. Then you can ask for feedback. But if he says the other one, I'm like, oh, shit. I'm back at square and one. And you doubt, like, even if you... I like to pick in my head which one I kind of like. Or even if I can't figure it out and I ask for someone, I pay attention to what I feel mm -hmm. when they pick one. Because mm. sometimes you're like, yeah. And sometimes you're like, oh. And I'm like, I know which one I want. They're just validating what I already know when I do that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm, it does. So. And now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> I do make my own. Like, even if I, like, consider his for a little longer, but I really like this one, I'm like, I'm going with this one. Yeah. Good. Then I'll be like, I'm going with this one. He's like, <laughs> go for it. Good. Practice. That's all. <laughs> Everything's practice. You're right. Yeah. All life is practice. Isn't that fun? <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to turn this into a therapy session. No, I don't think you are. Okay, I'm yeah. just interested. It's interesting to talk about this stuff. Um, but what can you share around? You, you talked about your mom and kind of growing up. What um, what kind of came from that and how you use comedy and laughter? Because that seems like that was something really getting intertwined if you were doing the performance thing that early. Yeah, that's so interesting i don't know i personally feel like it was a calling like it was something i was meant to do mm -hmm. because there's just never a question it was just like no this is, this is me i mean even as like a young kid i really loved dogs and animals mm -hmm. I, I grew up on a farm so we always had animals like mm -hmm. nine dogs at a time just like everywhere and there was like a brief like will she be a vet and i was like maybe but i'm going to do acting i'm going to be a performer so so it wasn't always comedy on the front end it was just performing performing what kind of performance were the charge in the quarter for oh what were you were doing great <laughs> it was a variety show me for an hour <laughs> doing whatever i wanted <laughs> captive audience <laughs> i love it what would you do i would um I love to dance, so I would make up, chore I would choreograph songs, so I do like two or three songs, mm -hmm. and then I that was a lot of it, and then I would like, I guess I would do some jokes, but just like riffing with the family. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it was dance. I guess honestly, I thought about being a dancer for a while too, but well, you bring you break it down on stage. I do. Whenever you're coming out, I love <laughs> it good. so much. Yeah. It's yeah good. so yeah from an early age so how can you speak to how you know we kind of talked to other guests about this the comedy part or where maybe even if it's not comedy but the performance of having to be on yeah if you already felt like felt on all the time but if if that was how you were naturally operating as a child then that i would imagine is like how you knew to move through things was that a big piece of how you moved through things yeah definitely i think um 
I think I was a, a good comic relief for my whole family when something mm. was very uh, dark and sad. I was able to like joke about dark things and yeah. my family was receptive to it. Um, and I like broke up the tension with jokes. Yeah. Which before I was just like, I'm a Libra, but now I just feel like, <laughs> you know, let me break up this tension. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, um, I am like the funny one in my, my whole family's funny, but I'm like the performer, the, oh, Amber's going to like mm-hmm. say something or do something that's going to like, you know, mm-hmm. be goofy. Um, I feel like, like through, college and stuff it was i was more of like i was funny but i was more i took things more dramatically um but now i am able to process things with a little more humor if that makes sense so the humor wasn't wasn't being used younger to process things when you say you were dramatic what does that mean um i took everything to heart and was just like it was so serious like if Mm -hmm. someone didn't like me or if someone broke up with me oh god (laughs) if i went through a breakup dude it was like i had to leave my job i'm like i can't bag groceries right now i have to go home (laughs) and they're like okay you know so (laughs) i don't remember handling any of that with humor (laughs) it's very sad even young like a breakup would just like oh god this is gut-wrenching yeah dude i would be like Oh, it's so embarrassing to even say. But just like in middle school, I'd be like, I'm going to kill myself, mm-hmm. you know? And he's like, okay, please don't. I just mm-hmm. like, mm, yeah, that was rough. Just wasted, not wasted a lot of time, but like looking back, I'm like, oh, poor girl. I'm so glad you didn't kill yourself over that guy. Yeah, me too. <laughs> glad you didn't. <laughs> but that that's some hard pain that that it feels that dark that the the choices i might want to not be here anymore yeah and so yeah did over, you have an outlet for all that those feelings i guess art acting yeah but even that was you know had so much intensity behind it because if yeah. i didn't get a role or if i think i did poorly in an audition i would just be like am i good enough am i uh-huh. it was just always like uh-huh. It was, it was like this yeah. growing up until like two years ago. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm just now realizing that it was just like. <laughs> <laughs> so what allowed the let go two years ago? I think... being older and having to make a choice and like killing myself wasn't i wasn't interested in that that wasn't an option you know Mm -hmm. like it was like i said before i really am enjoying comedy i'm good at it i found something that where i feel home Mm -hmm. and it's going really well and i saw two paths like i can stop doing it and pick something else and maybe see what happens or I can like fix this and keep going with comedy, but I can't do comedy if I mm-hmm. keep holding all of this tension and like um, judgment of myself. 
Yeah. So I made I made a really mature, solid choice to be like, I'm going to find a therapist and yeah. try to address this and see if she can help me, mm-hmm. you know? And that's where the exposure therapy. Right. Do you want to share about that? Anything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I was, she was great, man. It's, it's funny. Cause I, she's, she was younger than me and very much like, like pretty blonde hair and just like perfect looking. And I was like, Oh, I'm about to like Mm-mm. I'm about to work this session. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to, I'm about to skirt on this. Uh, but she was tough, dude. She saw right through me and was like, um, I will say about myself that I'm something I'm grateful for is that I, when I see something and I've been like this my whole childhood, my mom was always like, I never had to tell you to do anything. Like if you wanted something, you got it. Mm. Like with college, she was like, you just had scholarships all of a sudden. You just applied for those by yourself. I moved to Chicago. Like if I want something, I'm going to do it. And so with the exposure, she was like, you're going to have to do this. And even though I was like, bro, that sounds fucking terrible. (laughs) I was like, okay, this week I'm doing it. I'm not going to wait. I've decided I want to do this. So it'd be like, eventually it got to the thing where she was like, you're going to put yourself in a situation so for me it was like especially after a hard show you're gonna stay after the show you are not gonna text your mom or your boyfriend who are like my top people Mm -hmm. and they she gave them a script or like i had to give them a script so when i reached out to them they would be like literally reading like i love you but you're asking for reassurance you can handle this on your own and i'm like Ah! (laughs) (laughs) throw punch (laughs) that's awesome though (laughs) yeah it was really like she had it like broken down you know to where i couldn't like get around it um but honestly i didn't even try to get around it i was wondering i was like did you actually reach out and and that's what they read or you just kind of knew that would be the response so you're like i gotta i gotta get through this in the beginning i did Mm -hmm. because oh my gosh it was so funny because (laughs) I had my normal like, do you think? And they would know that's how it started. <laughs> so my brain came up with different ways to ask of like, oh, it was so Sneaky. crafty. I was like, would you say, like if you were someone, and this is not me asking, this was like, would you say someone in the audience <laughs> still thinks that I'm pretty? <laughs> Just like hypothetically, and they'd be like, <laughs> I'm like, damn it. You're asking for the issue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that only took a couple of times. And then once they, like, thankfully, uh, you know, held me to it, I had to start finding different ways for myself. And something that she would say that was really, like, got me, oh, God, it still, like, makes my stomach go, <laughs> <laughs> is when... Like if I'd mess up on a show, she'd be like, "What are you? What are you thinking when you mess up?" And I'm like, "What if they never book me? What if I never do a show again?" And she's like, "Well, what if? Like, what if the worst happens?" And I'm like, "My God, don't ever say that." I always say, "Let's play the what if game," and I just see how far we can take it. <laughs> oh my God, that's like saw. <laughs> but you don't. But you don't actually get anywhere like really bad. No, <laughs> that's the thing. No, that we a lot of times we are reacting and doing things in response to like these huge fears that we've never really even probably couldn't put accurate words to. That's so real. That's so real. And from the outside, it's easy to see, like I'll have people approach me and be like, I really want to do 
this show or this club that you did but I haven't emailed this person and I'm like well literally that's what you have to do and they're like yeah but what if um like what if they say no or what if they get mad that I emailed them I'm like what yeah what are you talking about <laughs> that's not gonna happen and if it and if it does you can move on to the next club or show you know like no, there's not one thing different what do you mean like if they still say no nothing changed you still just aren't doing that <laughs> That's so real. <laughs> I'm very practical. <laughs> you still just aren't doing that. Yeah, so what is that fear? I guess of being vulnerable? Whatever those judgments of self is. Like, that they're a failure. Whatever that fear of, like, what whatever's going to happen. That's what keeps it... That's what blocks us from so much stuff. Where do you think... Is it different for everyone where that comes from because when you ask me i'm like i don't know a specific moment that would make me think that i could probably oh it's not one specific moment it's many over and over there's ones that planted the seed Mm -hmm. and then it was just over and over just deepen the pattern like having being in relationship with someone that participates in that codependent cycle Mm -hmm. it's a pattern to where what that leaves you is you don't know how to do it different. Damn. Right? Yeah. So even just that cycle happening every time was strengthening. When, when we avoid the thing that we're afraid of, our nervous system is learning that is something to be afraid of. Oh, my God. Like our nervous system is very primal. It doesn't have our front logic brain to say this is this and this is this over here. It's... It's just very in the moment, present, but it has to look for negativity bias. It has to look for where things are not safe or so that it can survive and avoid doing that. So we have to be more present moment, but so us really avoiding the thing we're fearful of mm. is strengthening and telling our nervous system that is something to be afraid of because we're never doing anything different besides just responding to it. Damn. are not responding to it (laughs) i wish we could like put speakers and project that message out into the world like hey guys look at your patterns (laughs) have a great day (laughs) you know because i just feel like that's such an awesome perspective but no it's just so deep it's so deeply rooted that it's kind of hard to think that that would like imagine a society where that's not the case It'd be nice. Look completely different. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's possible? That all of society doesn't respond to fear? <laughs> no. <laughs> really? It's what drives things. Just like pain is a huge motivator for healing. Mm. Mm. I would say fear is like what moves people to do or not do things. It, it creates movement. And when we don't know anything different, yeah, I think a lot of us can learn. I think we're we're evolving, getting there. But but you like, yeah. There's it's kind of like saying like Care Bear World, world without pain. That just wouldn't be as beautiful, too. As well, I wouldn't want to drive out fear. It's an emotion. We need it for safety. It's what tells you to run when a bear's chasing you. Mm-hmm. But you have to learn that. You made it safe and the bear's not chasing you anymore. So we need fear. We need we need those kinds of emotions, but to survive, it's very appropriate 
thing, but the wiring of what is fearful is what needs to change. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> what was so scary about being on stage or someone believing the things about yourself that you believe that your hair was ugly or your teeth, something was wrong with your teeth or you weren't mm-hmm. good on stage that day? I care about it a lot and it's something I'm good at and it made me feel mm, like it was part of me and so if I'm not accepted in it I'm like what else do I have you know so it's a self-worth like it was like an extent extension of you that you put out there to be judged definitely and if you already judged yourself you're like it'd be reaffirming so the fearful part of because i think when we do that when we even if we're like i don't look that great today you know mm-hmm. sometimes we do that because we know the people around us will say you look great what are you talking about because we need that little hit of reassurance because yeah. because when i hear a lot of that stuff it's like they don't believe it in here mm-hmm. so it's we get it all from out there and if you start out as a child learning, you know, that, that that's where you're going to get it. How'd you know to do anything different right. until you went to therapy? But there's a fear around, is it, I don't know what word you put it. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know, not good enough doesn't sound right, but I'm not yeah, going to be accepted in some way or be rejected. Yeah. You know what fear is coming up when what? we talk about that is like, like right now I'm like, see i do this with like are things good or bad but i'm like oh is like my love of of comedy and performing all kind of tainted because i'm like i just is it all just acceptance but i but it can't be that because when i feel especially lately you know and like since i've gone to therapy and i'm Mm -hmm. on stage and i just feel like i'm being my complete self and i'm soaring i'm like this is outside of all human like emotion you know i just feel like cosmically in the right place who knows if the way you're doing it before there's no right or wrong right we tend to do the it's and or is it this or that Mm -hmm. it's both and you don't have to pick but because if it was going that way if that that was the reason why you were doing it before Mm. You wouldn't know the difference in the feeling that you just described of being on stage and feeling like cosmic in it. Mm. You wouldn't know the difference. Oh, yeah. And there's probably <laughs> so many things you learned doing it one way that taught you what it, what it's like to be doing it the way you're doing it now. That's so true. Like, what a great I, perspective. <laughs> I just, I really truly think now, like, you can't fuck anything up. Like, it, you, make what's perceived as a mistake you you learn from it and then it was like you needed that i can look back i'm sure you can too at ways things happened that yes. were awful at the time but then you see like where it got you or the lesson it taught you that you're like oh my god i would be completely different if i wouldn't have like gone through that one yeah wouldn't want to do it again yeah. <laughs> like thank you universe i've learned the lesson right um you can just Give me signs in front of you. Yeah. More hard stuff. But that's, you just, I don't think you can mess it up. That's You, so, you just learn <laughs> and, and keep going. That's so true. Yeah. 
and I, yeah, that's so true. Because so much of our energy goes into this forward thinking, that anticipatory anxiety, or the trying to make sure if we worry about it enough, we can avoid the wrong mistake, you know, the wrong path. Mm-hmm. So much of that energy, it's like, just be in the present. You trust you can handle whatever goes sideways, especially if you've had a lot of drama. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I learned, I, you know, I would think 10 steps ahead to look where something could go wrong to try to prepare for it to go right. Right. But God, when I let go of that and just like was in the present, I knew I would know how to handle it because I'd been through enough stuff. I was like, I can handle whatever comes. I know how to move through stuff now. Mm. Like, even if it's hard. So, all that energy gets to be directed into what you're in the present moment doing. And I think it, from my perspective of you, you're doing that now. Yes, <laughs> definitely more so than I was before. I feel like you saying this, I can definitely like connect with it more, but I also see that I have more practice to go into it mm-hmm. because I'll be like, is this wrong or bad? And then I'll be like, nothing's wrong or bad. It's you know? a mindset. It's a mindset shift. Yeah, it is. It's like doing a a workout, a crunch, you know, of being like, I don't know. It's a mental. To me, the healing and growth and stuff, it's not, okay, do this thing different next time. You learned a mindset change that allows everything to go different then from that moment on. What do you mean? Like, instead of how can I learn, like, I'm thinking like more solution stuff of like, how can I learn to not do this? How Mm -hmm. do I not be annoying? Yeah. Why were you feeling like you were annoying or what was creating the thing that was annoying for you? Mm. And when that shifts change, the mind shift being, I'm lovable. Nothing's wrong with me. I can accept myself. That's the mindset shift that creates you to experience everything else different. And that's, I've, I've only known you I think in this version of you, yeah, where I have always admired, like very, you're very, you're authentic in yourself. Like it to me, it beams off of you that you're very comfortable with yourself, and that gives people so much permission to do the same. Mm. But to hear now even more your past story of like what you went through, like you earned this, yeah, (laughs) you know, yeah, that's a huge mindset shift that you can just you can just really be present moment and enjoy what you're doing. I love that. (laughs) I love it. Kind of reminds me of like the, or makes me think of the reparenting thing of like, what do you need, Mm -hmm. babe? You know, like (laughs) what's going on? You know, Mm -hmm. that's really nice. I also want to thank you for saying that I earned this. (laughs) Cause like, just like, I'm think I, in like knowing that we were going to talk about this today, I was thinking Mm -hmm. about like high school me and Mm -hmm. how I got bullied so hard through Mm -hmm. all of school just for having like goals and <laughs> literally someone came up to me once and was like, do you know why I was mean to you in high school? And I was like, why? And he was like, cause you wore bell bottoms. And I was like, oh, I had fashion. You know, there was, I, okay. <laughs> air like, possible. Cause I was cool. <laughs> yeah. But just like, I'm just proud of myself for, um, even when I was down on myself, I was always rooting for myself in some way, mm. you know? Like I, I love that. always knew what I wanted to do. Didn't stop, you know, for anything or anybody. I was just like, let's freaking go. And even today when there's hard moments, I'm like, you know, through college when people are like, you're never going to make it. Don't do it. Like, I've just always, I'm just proud of myself 
for Good. always like repping for me. Yes. Even when I was mean to myself. <laughs> <laughs> There's that little you in there. It's like, you can we do can- it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, mama. You know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Is mm-hmm. I, maybe my like spirit or just a drive of something mm-hmm. that I really want. But yeah. Um, and I want to cool. say you, you didn't have to earn it. Oh, you, yes. I just want you and every, anyone listening to hear, you don't have to earn the right to love yourself. You don't have to bang on yourself enough Aww. to say, okay, now I can finally like myself. But it does take work to get there if that's something you struggle with. So like, just allow yourself to like bask in how much you love yourself Yes, without feeling any shame or negative feelings about it that's really i mean that (laughs) is the gist of like this podcast and why i started it because Mm -hmm. like a lot of comedians which you've heard i feel like Mm -hmm. been like oh yeah i'm a comedian i'm a narcissist you know i'm like no you it's okay to to think you're funny and to think you're worth something and Mm -hmm. to think you're good at something it's good to think that like more of that let's all just walk around being like i'm awesome oh me too like that's what kids do they're like look at what i can do and they're like i can do this and they're like fuck yeah you know (laughs) and we love watching that and then somewhere along the way we think it's gross or braggy and what's the opposite of that just hiding you know that's Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that's not fun at all until you get hopefully 80 and then you're like then you don't care it's really nice to um talk about this because i was Mm -hmm. very i even talked to my therapist Mm -hmm. about that you set me up with so thank you so much big shout out Uh trauma therapy nashville freaking dope (laughs) thank you my therapist um she's great she's so great Mm -hmm. i know you'd like her oh my god Mm -hmm. and just like coming in meditating (laughs) every single part of it oh my god i walked in we did art therapy and i walked in and she had my picture propped up that i did the time before and i was like ah (laughs) (laughs) and she was like oh do you want me to put that down i'm like no i'm good but i just like didn't know that art would be so it would hold so much anyway this is getting off topic um but i was telling her like uh we're gonna do a podcast separating you know talking about our stories and for so long and it being a comedian like you go on podcasts and everybody's like so what's your story mm-hmm. or you know as an entertainer they're always like what's and i never felt like i had one like i felt like my story was just my mom's story mm. because she has such an intense thing that happened to her yeah and i would always tell i would be like this is what i'm gonna say and it's gonna get them to be like whoa and i've been telling that story my whole life mm-hmm. and once i like branched out on my own and started doing and comedy by myself i'm like it hurt my feelings you know i was like this is my that's the only interesting thing about me is something that happened to my mom mm. you know and I, I was talking to my therapist and she was just like oh like well that's not true you know like break down your past like what were you as a kid growing up high school college like go through your life and like let yourself know that you are someone on your own Mm -hmm. you know and 
it was nice because I just got to see like how cool I am and like how many, how like yeah, how dope I am. How like <laughs> I I'm you just are. like yeah. So it it created uh, it was it was a cool experience because I feel I still feel a little weird of like am I interesting enough? Do I have a story? But yes you do yeah i know i know i know i know i think it's just been so long of feeling that and no shade toward my mom or anything like that but it's just like uh maybe it's part of being an entertainer of like oh this is a story that'll shock them you know how how much do you think you when you share that 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 was the feedback because i've heard you talk oh 100 about like the response you get and like what that feels like so even if it's using your really difficult part of your story to get some feedback like what will you put some words to that yeah like if you want to <laughs> yeah like um are you saying like how much of me telling that story was because i knew people would react well to it yeah or that you would get like whether if it was you were trying to get like a wow like response yes you know i knew the response that was coming because i've been doing it for so long and so i knew no one had heard a story like that and they'd Mm -hmm. be like oh tell me more and i'd be like my pleasure you know (laughs) so tell me what was that can you put some words to that when you're like people wanted more from you Mm -hmm. yeah even if it was you're using your pain like a pain point Mm. for it you were using it because like you know, they say we don't keep doing something unless there's a payoff. What was the payoff yeah. of like sharing a difficult part of your story? I felt there was no judgment. So there was no real risk of judgment because mm-hmm. it was something that happened to us. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, wow. Like mm-hmm. they were already on my side. They're like, oh my God, that's mm-hmm. crazy. And uh, I already had told it so many times so i felt comfortable with it so i was like oh i can like brush it off throw some jokes in there you know it was just like a safe and and they couldn't have any judgment towards it because mm-hmm. they hadn't i i never encountered anybody that had encountered what i was saying mm-hmm. and so it was kind of like i was just like at a campfire being like listen to this story yeah and they're like oh shit you know yeah. there was no like oh but this and this Mm -hmm. you know it was just like my story to tell that i knew was unique yeah and i am very connected with my mom you know so it was another like point of pride of being like look what we've gone through together Mm -hmm. and made it through together which is still true you know yeah um but how much have you separated that from your identity versus your story like part of your story what do you mean by that well that was what you were leading with like this like you said i like what makes you you is like this thing that happened to your mom yeah you know when have you been it seems like you've been able to separate yourself from that to where you have your own story that doesn't feel like what's makes you you yes does that make sense i think so let me try to respond and you can tell me <laughs> sometimes if i talk in circles no it's okay <laughs> I'm like, okay i think uh something that has happened recently with that story is i'm like well it's not only my mom's story a part of it of how i was telling it is her story but mm-hmm. i was also there so i was yeah. also affected so it yeah. is part of my story mm-hmm. um but 
very recently i mean i just told you my new therapist i've only seen her twice but i was like i'm nervous because am i going to have something interesting to say mm-hmm. and i don't want to just focus because instantly my brain will be like i'm going to bring up the how my dad died <laughs> you know right i mean even now i feel like people listening are like what's the story <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm being respectful like this yeah. is your decision <laughs> what you want to well, share i you know i and- i don't mind sh- sharing it like my my dad was abusive and my mom defended our lives against him and she shot him and he died and mm-hmm. she went to prison or she went to jail and i was without her for a long time and mm-hmm. it was very like i mean that story in itself is people are like whoa 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 what yeah but the underneath of all that like that i learned about myself like used to would be like guess what happened to my mom but uh, when i That's i became interesting yeah i became a teacher for a while uh-huh. and I worked with kids that were my age when that happened to my dad and I watched it my dad die like I was there for it and I realized like oh shit I I was very aware and affected I thought that three-year-olds weren't like aware and then I worked with them and I'm like they are the most aware out of all of us so then I started to see like how that experience affected my life with relationships and fear and attachment um so it became more of like oh this is how i affected it's not just like a shock story of like guess what happened when i was younger and i'm totally okay with it yeah which i am okay with it but on certain levels i still have you know my own trauma from it well now that you've shared that part it sounds what i hear is you were by keeping it on your mom like as your mom's story Mm -hmm. that may have been a way that you were able to like move through and cope yes and it was protecting you in some way and when you were ready you then accepted it as being part of your story so you could like heal with it that's nice it seems like that was i don't know i'm curious if that's because i was seeing it the other way around of like just just keeping it on mom wasn't necessarily a safety thing but you just saw it as as her story and Mm -hmm. with a lack of your own but i think it there's it seems like it if it was helpful for you to keep it her story i can only imagine i didn't know you were three yeah yeah i knew i knew you know general stuff around your story but that's that's young that's really formative um yeah times it is and i there's this uh there is a temptation or like a wanting to be like she suffered more you know which i don't think outside me older me wiser me whatever is like there is no scale you know we both suffered from that event but i'm just like i don't know it feels icky to be like and this is how it affected me you know because it's like uh that how was it helpful to like let your mom be the one who suffered more like how did it help you to mm -hmm. kind of say no it was her and not not me like was that helpful yeah i think i think i knew more of how to mm, 
care for her maybe like um i guess i didn't even really ever consider until i taught how yeah like that i was even hurting in any way you know yeah but it was just easier to be like damn isn't that crazy that someone went through that Mm -hmm. you know it's i mean people do that all the time where they're like Mm -hmm. i'm having a bad day but like people are starving yeah you know like (laughs) comparing all the time yeah. yeah this is kind of off but i had a girl be like there's so many stray dogs in costa rica i'm like there's so many stray dogs here you know what i'm, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like <laughs> she was trying to find a home for these two dogs and she was like it's just crazy over there like, okay. <laughs> okay yeah i can't imagine um but yeah i guess it was just um i don't know i feel like sometimes i'm a little obsessed with my mom really? so yeah yeah so i feel like it's easy to be like can you believe well it seems like like the attachment piece you talked about like if that was like your only parent yes right Mm -hmm. but you got into this kind of caretaking role for each other Mm -hmm. in in so many different ways it seems how could you not be (laughs) that's so true yeah that how could that not be what happened yeah Mm, and yeah it's been like i mean all of life is learning in a process but it's been a really wild ride with living learning to shift with our relationship mm-hmm. so i think it's good that you guys can shift i think so too mm-hmm. i think so too we both well i won't speak for her i definitely learn a lot and have like learned am learning how to care for someone that i really care deeply for and also like my one of my therapists called it a hula hoop like i can only fit so many things in here Mm -hmm. and so just like look back on myself care for myself you know Mm -hmm. yeah pain leads to growth and <laughs> i swear to god if there was another way i'd be like yeah let's try that uh, i'm with you <laughs> i'm with you for sure what do you um you've mentioned doing therapy what else do you do to try to do this self-love thing um i love to dance mm-hmm. i love to dance i love oh my god i love dancing when in like atypical places like in the grocery store the grocery (laughs) store has a banging playlist that i feel like everybody's just ignoring i feel like we're in the twilight zone i'm like do you not hear oh i'm I'm like singing out loud and dancing oh my god and the some have so many big aisles i'm like guys and i just like i love letting go and dancing and i'll see people like kind of like feel the vibes and they're like oh like i can just see and then that like that looks fun and i'm mm-hmm. like do it do it like can you imagine a world where we all hear the music and dance like yes <laughs> that is like living in an orgasm for me that would be wanna, so fun i told somebody the other day i was like i want to do a drop-in class where where it's 
like a standing day and time of the week where it's an hour i'm just gonna dj music and people just come drop in and dance and it'll go on for an hour <gasps> so you can come for five minutes or not and i'm just I'm gonna have themes each week <laughs> that <laughs> sounds music. really nice i'm just you don't have to talk you don't have to do anything yes just come dance i love it it's a language <laughs> in itself dude it's it so good yes so i love doing that and then mm-hmm. i also really stand by writing mm-hmm. like i'll push that away sometimes but if i'm i've learned that if i'm in a really like heightened state if i just start writing it brings me so down or it's letting you get rid of it it's like letting you let it through yes let it flow through and not keeping it inside a thousand percent we're just like yeah tossing around in there mm-hmm. yes yeah writing dancing comedy yeah therapy yes <laughs> oh my gosh i just want to hug every single one of those things yeah. and getting your nails done oh my god you always have your nails done <laughs> getting my nails done one of my friends is like okay okay money and i'm like yeah <laughs> yes i just it's the best dude and i found this place that gives you a full-on massage is this the place you're talking i mean about not earlier? full body <laughs> they have you <laughs> Strip completely naked. <laughs> Nude <male> manicures. <laughs> yeah. My whole body is painted right now. Nice. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I do really love it. It's a great, I love it. I love it. Awesome. I also want to say to myself right now, I'm just saying this to myself, I love you so much. And I think you're so cool. You have an amazing story. You're beautiful. And I want to be your friend. I'm glad I'm your friend. I love you, Amber. I'm glad to be you. Love you. <laughs> That's so sweet. I love you too. I love you. I'm so glad we found each other. <laughs> Me too. Love fest. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for having sharing space and having me. I'm crying. <laughs> and I love to cry. <laughs> you do? I do. I love that you love that. <sighs> it's so good. It's a natural thing. You're releasing stress when you do it. Right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. My friend was like, you know, we always, we never say, why am I laughing? Mm-hmm. But we're always like, why am I crying? I don't know why I'm crying. It's like, we learned to for judge something, it. Right. <laughs> I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, you're actually releasing cortisol in your tears. So you're physically releasing stress when you cry. Like, why are you trying to hold that shit in? <laughs> like, let it out in whatever way you need to. Like, it's a crying is good for you. Mm. So anyway, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to I'm Fine, It's Fine podcast. I am trauma therapist Melanie Reese, and you can find me across all platforms at Trauma Therapy Nashville. My name is Amber Autry. I am a comedian here in Nashville and internationally touring. You can find me on all platforms at Amber Autry Comedy. And while you're at it, make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, reviewing this podcast. I know that sounds like a lot, but it helps so much. And we're, we're having a good time. Mm-hmm. We're healing. <laughs> it feels good. Mm-hmm. So just like, just a little extra sauce, sharing it with a friend, rate and review it. It really helps and we appreciate it. Yeah. And if you have a topic or um, conversation that you want to hear us talk about or a story you'd like to share on your own, shoot us an email at I'm fine sometimes at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.